0: We're at uh, the National Conference on Youth Ministries recording another episode of the Digital Side Hug. And for this one, I've got Dudley Chansey
1: with me. Hey, David. How's it going, man? <laughs> it's
0: good. Dudley, your name, of course, has been one of the all-time great youth ministry names in my, in my life and my mind. And it's almost like, what does a guy named Dudley, it's like you're born to be a youth minister or, or a professor of youth ministry as you're doing now. What are the other options? What, what, what did you dream of doing as a kid, a guy named Dudley? I mean, your name obviously limited your options.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was going to be in a rock band, you know. <laughs> and uh, But I earned, learned early on I couldn't sing, dance, whistle, clap. Dudley would have and made think... a
0: great rock star name but not nearly as good as youth ministry. So thank you for going into youth ministry. Okay, so what we do at the start of this podcast, and for those of you that are listening to this for the very first time, who maybe stumbled onto this on iTunes and saw the name Dudley Chansey and thought, I'm gonna go for it. This is a podcast where I sit down, my name is David Rubio, I interview youth ministers, youth workers, youth leaders, people who are working with teenagers to try and bring them to faith in Jesus Christ. Um, or, or people whose experiences might really benefit youth workers like us. So that's what we do. Dudley um, is one of the, which is one of the youth ministers that I've known the longest in my career. And so I'm really excited to talk with you, Dudley. W- tell us what you do first of all. Introduce us to your family, what, w- where you are now, and kind of how you came to do this through the the avenues of ministry.
1: Okay, uh, I'm married to Vicky. She's my best friend in the whole wide world, and we have two sons, Drew and Matt. Uh, Drew's married to Jules and we're going to be grandparents here in March so that's another stage of life that I wasn't really thinking about but I'm sure it'll be great. I'm collecting chocolate candy and things to give the baby.
0: Yeah you look nothing like a grandfather. I know. I mean I not look, all, uh, obviously not obviously at all. Not at all. Not close. And uh,
1: we have Matt uh, he's uh, currently uh, playing the drums a lot and uh, doing uh, hopefully doing a contemporary Christian band called A Band from Kansas or something like that. I don't know. Uh, and we have a stupid dog at home, like most people, and uh, love in life.
0: And, and so you're at Oklahoma Christian University. Yeah. Tell I, us what you do.
1: I teach youth and family ministry at Oklahoma Christian, and I'm also the co-director of the Intergenerational Faith Center, uh, a new uh, endowed center at Oklahoma Christian that uh, researches and uh, the uh, passing on of faith from generation to generation and how we do it, how we don't do it, why we do it. We're just uh, at the end of our first 40-family, three-generational survey of three generations, and so we're... Tabulating and uh, doing uh, transcribing interviews, and I mean, it's it's wow. uh, some good stuff going to come out of that.
0: that. How new is that? I don't think brand I knew new. About that.
1: That's like this year. Brand new. It's about a year and a half old.
0: Well, intergenerational is awesome, and, and and that has been really one of the buzzwords in youth ministry yeah. over the last five years or so because we're learning, and and part of this is you know Chap Clark talked about in his his book Hurt, you know, leaving kids to themselves doesn't work. Right. and and so and and in faith it it costs dearly uh, so I'm excited to hear what comes out of that yeah and maybe maybe we'll have time to talk about this um, on our podcast and, and maybe not I've got lots of questions I want to ask you um, for listeners that don't know, the Churches of Christ. We're we're sort of a denomination that's kind of not a dom- denomination. We're, we're
1: we a, had that first.
0: We're a collection of churches that are all autonomous, congregationally autonomous, but but we 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 stick together. And the National Conference on Youth Ministries is a is a kind of collection, a yearly gathering of a bunch of people from mainly Churches of Christ that come together. And Dudley is is sort of like a board member emeritus. I mean, is that what you are, sort of the
1: that's that's good.
0: The board rotates. Janitor. And somebody, yeah, he's like the janitor for the board. Um, but you're kind of that guy that's sort of an advisor to the board that has been here for a long time with us. Um, and you were in youth ministry years ago, right?
1: 25 years.
0: In Cookville? I mean, is that I know you were there uh, at one point. Where Albany, else Albany, Georgia,
1: you? Cookville, Tennessee, Knoxville. Okay. Home of the Vols.
0: So you've been, t- in, t- in terms of, yeah, we're not going to talk a whole lot about the Vols. Dudley knows I'm a Memphis Tiger fan. And we're, we can't waste a lot of time on this podcast talking about the, the game in 2008 where <laughs> we, if the Tigers had beaten the Vols, it, we could have said we beat the number two out of you. Because y'all were number two at the time, exactly. It was one of I the great that. possibilities it for was. media, it was. and we lost, and we're not yeah. able to say that we beat the number two. A lot out of crying of
1: that night in Memphis. It
0: was a lot, of lots. and it's just not as fun to say we beat the number one out of you.
1: Right, <laughs> I, I get that. Not I as exciting. Get that
0: at all. So, Dudley, um, how many years total in youth work for you?
1: Uh, we started in 1974, and we still say we're doing years
0: work. This is your 40th year of working with teenagers in some capacity. Man, I'm so excited. I can't wait to do this. So what I do with every guest is called a Blitzkrieg Get to Know Me. I'm going to start the chain reaction music. And we're going to go for it. Is that okay? We're going. All right, so here's my question for you. Uh, what was your favorite song in high school? The, the, the red-faced Dudley Chansey driving down the road in his Camaro. What was he listening to?
1: Uh, it was probably Creedence Clearwater Revival, as we recall. Uh, maybe Get Ready. Get Ready. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go download it. I can't wait. Your favorite? Make sure you get the original.
0: The best NCYM presenter of all time. NCYM's been going now, what, 23 years or something? Yeah. Yeah, the best presenter you ever heard.
1: I think it, for me, it had to be Reggie McNeil uh, because of he's probably a lot of A D D D D Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Lots of like the, some of, was a few that of here are. two years ago or that, three years ago in Colorado that Springs? That was in Colorado Springs. Okay, yeah, at the truckers convention.
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> Reggie McNeil, that was great. Okay, good, good.
1: Um, so I still listen to that on my iPod at least once a semester.
0: Really. I liked it too. It's good stuff. It was really good. Okay, it'd be fun to talk about a top five. I don't think we have time. Your favorite place on Earth, not including the state of Tennessee, which is where you're from, I think, right? The state of Georgia. Tennessee. You're from Georgia? Yeah. I thought you were from Tennessee. Okay, so you can't choose Georgia, Tennessee, Oklahoma, or Honduras. Your favorite place on Earth? Uh,
1: I've been to over a hundred countries and done a lot of things. Name dropper. The thing that I probably <laughs> love the most. Uh, The most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life besides my two boys being born was standing 22,000 feet on Mount Everest, Uh, unbelievable, I I actually saw the north face and I I just, I cried, I don't cry much but I I could great. I, I was trying to make a video and I couldn't talk.
0: Who is your favorite other oft red faced person? Dudley, whether he gets excited or mad or confused, every face turns red. Who's the other person that whose face turns red that you love the most?
1: Uh, I would I would say maybe like Johnny Markham.
0: Okay, good. Yeah. good. All right, now he's a I, young youth minister somewhere. Yeah, Johnny Markham's one of those guys starting out yeah. in ministry, maybe listening to this podcast. Um, actually, Johnny is going to be an interviewee at some point Johnny's, Johnny's one of my heroes too Now,
1: First two years in youth ministry
0: Right, right Morris Gregoire, Dr. Morris Gregoire Submits a question every time Actually, I, I go to his website and pull it off Facebook, you can get it Asking can be fun Asking can be fun He is such a brilliant website Here's his question Number 173 for you Are you responsible for another man's stitches?
1: Uh, I don't think so I, no. I have too many myself that I'm That is shocking. For.
0: I would have assumed you'd been... Okay. Well, that's no. If you had said yes, I was going to ask you to explain, but no yeah. need to move forward. Alright, final question. There's a button in front of you. If you press the button, you move to Honduras tomorrow and you never leave Honduras. Okay? If you do not press the button, you may never again return to the nation of Honduras. Do you press the button? Or not. And and of course listeners might assume Dudley Chancey and Honduras go together. Yeah. And we'll get into that
1: later. Yeah. I, I would not press the button and, and I have to explain that because yeah. I we want to live part of our final days in Honduras doing mission work, but we cannot not do mission work in our home country. We can't we we yeah. can't not come back here. We wanna do half and half. And if it was a choice between that, I'm more effective. In a country that I know the culture and know the language and I would as much as I would love to go live in Honduras because it's stinking warm and not freezing our butt off in Oklahoma. (laughs) Or in Florida where we're freezing our butt off this week. (laughs) I would I'd have to say wow love you but God will take care of you.
0: I love that answer. I, I especially love the the missiology behind it that you're a more effective you know, minister of the gospel in God's kingdom in a place where you know the culture and understand and know the language and, and then there. And we're going to talk about Honduras a little bit more later. Um, Dudley, you've been obviously working in youth ministry for a really long time. A lot of things have changed over the years, and, and they're still changing. So you're a professor of youth ministry right now. What do you think youth ministers kind of get right in our country right now as a whole, like something that we're really good at? And then, what is something that you think youth ministers in this country still have a lot to learn about?
1: I think, uh, and as I survey anecdotally, elders and parents and different churches, uh, youth workers get relationships right. It is about relationships trump. I don't care what how good your programming is, and that great retreat or whatever. When you ask students later on in college or in their adult years what do you remember about youth group it might have been a crazy retreat or something like that but they remember people they remember their small group leader they remember the person that poured into their life and a lot of times if you're not an insecure youth minister and you let other people in your ministry it's other people that they remember, not you. And yeah. that's a great commentary on a good youth minister.
0: And and so would you say that right now in youth ministry in this country, we're doing relationships where? We, we understand that well and we're getting that?
1: I, I that's think something
0: that we, we've we gotten?
1: That we get that.
0: So so, what's something that we're, we still... And maybe you touched on it with the letting go and bringing others in, but what, what's something that we still need to learn and we still need to grow in and do better at as right. youth ministers?
1: Well, one of the things I see not only at NCYM, but in teaching, new students, and then just my buddies that I've known all through the years is for whatever reason, we're not secure. We, we're we not secure in Jesus. We're not secure in—we're we're insecure people for—and— I love to find people that know who they are, and, and, and they're not trying to be somebody else. And when that happens, I think you let more people be what they want to be. I, I think, and, and maybe we'll talk about this some more, but my philosophy of ministry is D6E4, Deuteronomy 6, Ephesians 4. And I teach my students the greatest thing you can do is Ephesians 4, equip others. To help others, to help others mature in Christ.
0: Deuteronomy 6, love, love God. And love
1: God, love others is is the, a parental thing. I can't be the parent of these teenagers, but I can help equip parents to do their God-given deal. So, uh, But that takes a lot of security on my part that, that I don't have to be number one. I don't yeah. have to be the man. I don't yeah. have to be the Lone Ranger. Everything doesn't revolve around me. And so that, boy... It, I think that takes a lot of maturity, maybe some years, yeah. for people to say, "Wow, I'm going to back off." And David, you got gifts that I don't get or, or don't have. I'm going to empower you to go use those for the kingdom.
0: Um, that's that's so interesting because what you just answered, is, you know, is the what I see is the big deal for teens too—that insecurity. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're, they're mm-hmm. doing you that bet. same thing, and now hearing you say that's kind of something we have to work on is really interesting to me. Yeah. Um, you. Uh, you obviously teach youth ministry students. A lot of them come, either former students or current students come to yeah. this conference. So we get to meet a lot of your students every year. And I know you take them with you to Honduras in recent years, when, when was the first time you went to Honduras?
1: Uh, it was probably 1997.
0: And, and over the last 16 years, there's just been a steady kind of love that you've just fallen more and more in love with that country and those people and the work that you do there. Um why- why Honduras tell us what you 've seen it do and 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 why you want to take people there,
1: yeah, I think the bottom line at first, when you do that, David, and go to a place like that, you get caught up in, especially North Americans get caught up in I can go down there and build something and look what I did. I built that that's just part of our north american culture we have to build things to, i think to say we did that
0: because they don't have what we have and we, we want them to have something better than the, what they've got I,
1: I think that's part of it and i think that for me that was a big deal let's how many houses can we build let's build a lot of houses and all that I, i've been going down there 16 17 years my my mantra now is i want to build people not houses because I've watched us build houses and people get houses and leave the church and leave yeah. the Lord and we've we've uh, bribed people into the church with getting a house yeah. or getting food. It doesn't last. Mm-hmm. But the people that I've spent time with and relationships with and the people we've studied the Bible with and the people we go to church with and the people that we are in their lives, those are the people that are in the church every time I go there. And so my deal about taking people down, here's here's the interesting thing to me jesus said the poor will always be with you i thought we could fix that we can't you, he, you thought we could uh, i could fix keep them from being poor from being, right? we'll fix i'll take yeah. enough money and people down there we'll yeah. fix that they won't be poor anymore
0: we do have enough money in this country to make them not poor anymore if we, we chose to do, do that. that
1: and then we have poor people in this country yeah. but anyway yeah, i mean <laughs> right. and jesus you're not going to fix that right. one they're always going to be here so i got to thinking... There must be something else we ought to be fixing. And of course, you and I know it's yeah. their soul. It's right. their—they need to know and have Jesus in them, not just spiritual food and good clean water. Because I tell my students, we can give them food and give them good water and make them very healthy people to go to hell. Yeah. If they don't have Jesus, and if so I, the passion is, I want my students and and youth groups and people that go to Honduras. Yeah, we're going to help some people, but a lot of times it's what it does to you. And then I also tell my groups that go down there, if you come home to North America and you don't do anything to reinforce what you did in Honduras, we know from research from David Livermore, within three months, that's a wash. That was just another trip somewhere. we got to come home, and we've got plenty of places in North America to do the same kind of things we do in Honduras.
0: Um, you and I went sailing together year, a few years ago, awesome. 2007.
1: God and sea. Uh,
0: it was great. Your family, my youth group, we went with the Andersons. Captain Bob took us out on Lake Michigan. And it was great. We sort of waited for the wind and, and learned to live together in in a community of people that couldn't get away from one another. It was really awesome. And the night we were supposed to get back to the dock on, on Navy, the Pier. Navy Pier, right, in Chicago, I was hoping I was hoping we would get there in time to see the fireworks show because Navy Pier, you know, Chicago town, yeah. Chicago does this fireworks show. We didn't make it. We're doing a Devo out on the water. We barely saw the, the fireworks show. I mean, way off in the distance. You could barely see it, tiny pins of light. And then God sets off this lightning storm in the sky all across the sky. We're not getting wet. We're just watching the Unreal. most amazing Unreal. lightning storm I've ever yes. seen, and and I, t- I I tell that story all the time to say you know we underestimate God we get excited about things that we create
1: right and, firecrackers
0: and we and they're just there's just snap pops compared to what God is mm-hmm. capable of doing so here's my question for you is I've never been with you to Honduras and and I hope that'll change and it almost changed a month and a half ago and I didn't quite get to go but you know it. Is there a moment that you can recall in your last 16 years where with a youth group or with somebody else's youth group or with a group of your students, you saw something that felt like that, where it's like, God is so big right now and I am so small right now. And was there a moment where you just sat back and, and literally what we did, we just cheered. We just sat back that night and just cheered each time God would set those fireworks in the sky across the, the way. Can you think of a, of a time where watching people, yeah. y- you saw that?
1: I, I think for me, it's uh, this has happened a, a couple of times now, but it's taking teenagers down from youth groups or it's taking my students from Oklahoma Christian down and, and then seeing them go – I. I'm staying. They don't come back. You've had some, t- s- yeah. some that stayed? They don't, they, Amber's been there 10 years. Wow. She went down with you on a trip and, <laughs> and she just stayed. And she just stayed. Wow. You know, and and what she's done down there, and I, I just sit back and look and go, I mean, she does ministry with the least of these. We've actually had Honduran hundred people drive by as we're feeding these these people that are the scum of the earth and we've had Honduran people just curse us. Why are you messing with those people? They need, they would, they deserve to die. It'd be better, our country would be better if they die. And here's Amber patching up their stab wounds, their cut wounds, their gunshots and feeding them beans and rice. And I'm just sitting there going, this is Mother Teresa, Jesus Christ. This is this is God. This is what it's like when God comes through you in in your life, and He comes out of your life, and and, and you become incarnate almost. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying we're Jesus Christ, but we're supposed to be but like. But I
0: am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not yeah. I, but Christ, Christ lives, lives in, in me. me.
1: And Christ lives in her. The and I, every time I go down there and hang out with Amber, I just go, I'm not worthy. <laughs>
0: that is that's exactly what I wanted to hear. That's like the human fireworks that got the show, oh, yeah. you know, that, that just blows you away and makes you want to stand and and cheer Clap. because God is so good and so big. Um, so you know everybody, everybody knows you. Of course your name is recognizable. Your 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 face <laughs> recognizable. Through the years, I know you, there's so many people that have poured into you, so many people that you have been connected with in youth ministry. Um, is there, you, you know I'm doing this podcast. In fact, you were one of the first phone calls that I made to say, when are you coming in town? Can I get with you? Um, if you had to say three, maybe maybe more, maybe you can think of four or five, but but at least two or three people, guys or girls, that, that you would say, go sit down with, you know, youth ministers have to hear their story or need to hear their perspective, um, can learn from them. Who would you say, David, go go find that person and sit down and do the digital side hug?
1: Yeah. I mean, this is weird. I'm just going to say this first person would be my wife, Vicki. I would not That's awesome. be here. There would be no Winterfest. There would be... Yeah. There and we haven't even talked about Winterfest. Yeah, there might not be... There'd probably be NCYM because there were a bunch of us in a hotel room that dreamed this up, but yeah. uh, at another youth ministers conference. But I, I wouldn't be here if it. And and you could go interview her, and she would just go, "I'm, I, I just love him, and I'm his wife." That she would have nothing <laughs> profound yeah. or whatever. But I'm just, I, I can't begin to tell you, youth workers, ministers that are listening to this, if you're not taking care and honoring your spouse and your spouse isn't your best friend I'll tell you what Bob Goff said the other day go home I mean you you better go home I mean I look at Becky Becky's the reason my the wife. Rubio family works <laughs> right you, you know what I mean I you know what I mean another ah, person I exactly that I would you, um, you know my first year in 1974 Vicky and I, we were 19 years old. We took 43 teenagers by ourselves on a bus on a 700-mile trip. Now, what parents would let any idiots do that now, they should be put in jail by DHS. But I remember driving to Youth in Action in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and I met a guy named Mike Harris. Yes. And Mike was doing volunteer youth ministry at Six and Israel Church of Christ. And I met him and Becky. And then the next year, we go back to Youth in Action, and somebody got sick, and they couldn't teach a class. And Mike said, go get this guy out there in the audience and let him teach. I'd never you, done- You were the guy in the audience? Yeah. I'd never done anything. Nobody knew who What year I was. was this? 75 75 And so and
0: Mike Harris had met you the year before yeah. it was like go and get we had,
1: I was just intrigued by his heart and who he was yeah. and all that and we'd stayed in touch and uh and so I taught my first wow. encounter That's class awesome. and the rest is history as they yeah. say but I would say <laughs> Mike we've stayed in touch we've done mission trips together we have uh I count him as the reason I am in ministry doing what I'm doing and there was another guy, Gary Martin, that some people may know, and there's some poor stories there about that and heartache but uh i'm I'm here in ministry because of guys like that,
0: yeah, and uh somebody at the conference it was David Fraze um at the conference was he did he did a little ten minute ted deal and was talking about all the best resources that have that have contributed to the books that have helped him be who he is and shaped his ministry. He got done with his list of awesome books and we're all frantically writing down the books and then and then he stops and says, "Hey guys, better than any of those books are, are the people around you in this conference, the other people sitting at these tables listening to this and who you can connect with today who you may not know, you know And I, that's exactly right. That's really great. Um, I love to hear those names and, and maybe I can track them down. Um we didn't even get a chance to talk about Winterfest and all that. I'd love to hear there's gotta be some awesome, you know, stories of of dealing with the city of Gatlinburg and then splitting the do two Winterfests. Those of you that don't know what Winterfest is, it's a it's a Church of Christ gathering um that is in the tens of thousands every single year. Now it's in two cities. The, th- what was the biggest do you do you have the number of the year that it was the largest before you split or before you 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 had to you know I mean two sessions and was it over 12,000? Did we ever have more than 12,000 people at one time?
1: Yeah, it holds 13,000 and it sells out every so far has sold out yeah, every year, yeah. you know, and all and but we don't we don't count. Right. Uh, oh, you
0: don't? Okay. Well, I've, I just— I And guess when I you say the large—you
1: know, I always think of David and numbers when he counted and God busted him for it. And I, <laughs> yeah. There's something about numbers that I hate anyway. I, hate I do, too. I, don't,
0: I, I was asking because it's so yeah. mind-blowing. And, and part of that is it's
1: worshiping. like, hey, look how great you are, and I just—I want to be in the back.
0: Yeah. And— I appreciate that about you. I thank you so much. I remember, you know, speaking of stories of you just helping to facilitate ministry from the back. Um, the year we did God and Sea, Dudley did all the work. Um, I just, I just got to take my twenty-five teenagers and drive up to the Navy Pier and drop them off. All the legwork was done by Dudley, including the leather-bound journals mm-hmm. that you hand-bound. Uh, and with our car. stamped with the God and see logo you had created and you stamped it using a car running over each journal with this leather stamp. And you know what I found out two years later? Is that at my church we have a guy, longtime member that owns a place called Long Hollow Leather. <laughs> That has has these stamps, and he does this thing for a living. And I was like, Whoops. "He can make
1: the next ones
0: exactly." And maybe God and see what happen again. Well, Dudley, I love you, and I thank you so much. You, you've been a joy to be a friend uh, with, and also to to learn from uh, for for those of us that are uh, have an opportunity to know you. Cool. So, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And and what I typically do with every single one of my guests as we wind down the show here is is a side hug. Now I know you know you and I have hugged many times. Let's do an actual side hug here.
1: Okay. Here we go. That's a good one. It's just our shoulders. But I know.
0: But then I always go in like this yeah. and I do a real hug and I get to <laughs> tell you that I love you. And thank you. And I, I think my, the highlight of this podcast was you talking about Vicki and talking about Becky and challenging every listener to go love your spouse. Girl, if you, go love your husband. Guys, go love your wives. And we'll see you back next time on the Sounds Digital Side Hug. All right.